Casey, I think you're muted. I think you're muted. There we go. I think y'all can hear me now. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome to this pre-PT chat live. I'm Casey, physical therapist. This is Joseph. He's a PT as well. Uh, and this is where we help you get into PT school without or PTA school without wasting time, money, stress, anxiety, or anything in between. So glad you are here. TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else this might be as well. And if that's what you're looking for, you are in the right place. And we also make sure you make money in school so you are not regretting your decision after you become a physical therapist or PTA just because you're not making enough money or you're not happy with the amount of money you're making. So that's what we do here. Like, subscribe, share, follow, and all that good stuff so that when we go live again or that when we post anything else, you are able to see it and the internet can find you. So what is going on, TikTok? Um, good to see you guys here. YouTube, good to see you guys here. Instagram, what is going on? We got five people on Instagram, four on TikTok and got people coming into youtube as well so joseph what's going on what's new how you doing man i'm feeling great brother uh you know obviously the this last weekend we had our master class our halfway debt free master class which was which is amazing uh i wasn't feeling the best obviously so health wise but nah man we we are back we are 100 percent. so uh feeling amazing and uh, looking forward to tonight's session let's get it Perfect. Perfect. All right. For those of you coming back, you already know how this show works. We got segments on the show. If you are new, then here you go. We have show segments and we're breaking them down in between these different topics here. What's happening in physical therapy? Think like a physical therapist program or PT program updates. Then we got our main event talking about how much do physical therapy schools cost. Then we'll go into our Q and A session a little bit later. So that's what we got going on tonight. Those are our segments. And let's start with what is happening in physical therapists. If you guys have questions already, feel free to hold them until the end, about 30 minutes in, then we'll take all the questions uh, from there. So let's look at what's happening in physical therapy. Let's put up this screen here. And we're talking about the future of physical therapy and AI or artificial intelligence and physical therapy and what that has to do with your future. Are they going to take your jobs? Is robots going to take your jobs? Is AI going to take your jobs? Or are we safe? Or are we going to use it? Uh, before we get into this, Joseph, what are your thoughts on AI? Because we've used it a little bit in our online businesses. But overall, with physical therapy, what do you think is going to happen in 5, 10, 15, I don't know, 20 years? You know, a lot of it is just a lot of the repetitive tasks. Um, I see AI playing a big deal in how we market in physical therapy. I see AI playing a very big deal in um, how we document, right? So us saving time. Uh, I, I see it uh, just patience, follow up with patients, our, our ability to get a hold of them. I see our ability to help our patients better going up. I see um, a saving time. I mean, think of how many hours we use to document and type things up and you have AI now that can like hear stuff and create the notes for you. There, there's just a lot of beautiful things that are happening. Um, anyone who's resisting it is just, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and then for anyone that's scared that it's going to take their jobs, you, you just have to ask yourself, right? So if, if it's a job that AI can take, then 
it means that it's programmable, meaning anyone can be trained to do it. So you have to ask yourself, is it a high value job, right? Or would you rather learn a skill that allows you to use your mind a little bit differently? So um, so I see AI being a massive asset. I mean, in our businesses, we already use it. So, <laughs> uh, so, so, so in the clinic, um, people that don't use it will be left behind. People that don't use it will lose money as clinicians, because you won't be able to help as many people. People that don't use it uh, will be more tired when you're talking about overworked, underpaid, all that stuff. It's all going to be connected to people who are resisting the change. It's kind of like in uh, the late 1990s and the early 2000s when people were resisting where the internet was going, right? It's the same exact thing. It's just happening at a faster rate. So um, maybe we can talk about AI all day long, but I'm a I'm a big fan of it, um, and there's very clear areas where it'll uh, where it'll take place. Here's what I'll tell y'all, by the way. PT, physical therapy, the profession of physical therapy is very slow to transition, meaning that for those of y'all that decide to make the change faster, especially out of school and during your rotations, you'll have an advantage over a lot of the old school folk that are resisting. So um, just a little tip. So what are your thoughts, Case? Yeah, pretty much the same. And that's what uh, this article echoes as well. So let's get into this a little bit and see what it says so we're going to zoom in a little bit here big part of this article is basically saying one of the most significant ways ai can revolutionize physical therapy is through more efficient and accurate patient diagnosis and treatment advanced ai algorithms can quickly analyze patients medical history current symptoms and other relevant information to make an accurate diagnosis so pretty much on the same tip that you were saying um, just helping us more rather more so than taking our jobs so we can i don't know what's going to happen in 15 20 years of course but at least in the very near future why not use it to our advantage just like we're using all the other tools so that's a big one that this article was talking about it talks about streamlining patient assessment and management you were talking about documentation and making that easier so everybody complaining about documentation and how much time it takes and how much work it takes it can also help you take that and make it easier possibly in the very near future let me talk about movement tracking analysis it can basically do that all better than us maybe we'll have those um uh, apple vision Google. Pro oh yeah the yeah, yeah. On and we'll just be tracking <laughs> it ourselves with the help of ai who knows then it goes into billing right some parts of your revenue let's just say if you have your own private practice or you work for a company part of the part of what you could have been paid is being paid to someone else who would be doing the billing, right? So if AI takes over that, I don't know, will the company keep the profits? Probably. But if not, it might be given to you, or especially if you're the business owner, you can keep it yourself, right? Then it goes into business intelligence and analytics, especially if you have your own practice, then monitoring rehab and feedback and all that good stuff. So I think at least in the very near future, it can definitely help physical therapists. And I don't think we should be scared of it at all because things are going to change in the future. And this is just another tool, in my opinion, um, to help us rather than hurt us. So that's that first segment on what's going on in physical therapy. This article was by, I believe, Patient Studio, which is like um, like a EMR system kind of billing patient tracking software as well. So. They put this out, I believe, sometime sometime last year. So it's not too far in the past at all, at all. Next segment of the show, we're going to skip uh, Think Like a Physical Therapist and come back to it after we do our PT program updates. So let's see what is going on in the PTCast community here. Let's see if you guys can see this. 
Boom. Perfect. All right. Let's see what the updates are on the community feed. We are in the PTCast directory for those of you on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, you can hop on over to YouTube or on Instagram and you can see the screen that we're streaming on for the pre-PT chat live. So we got Arizona School of Health Professions. AT still is hosting a virtual open house on the 22nd, which is next Tuesday or Thursday, I believe. Then we got Carlo University. I remember them from last pre-PT, the last pre-PT live show. They have, I believe, an info session as well. Something like that. Then we got Hofstra University. If anybody knows where Hofstra University is, let us know because I have no idea where that is. But they are accepting applic applications for the inaugural class of summer 2024. They are a candidate for accreditation. So for those of you who don't know, that is basically safe to go to because there's a new rule. Basically saying that you are safe if you go to a school that is a candidate for accreditation but does not have accreditation yet, and you can still take the board exam. Then from four days ago, we got Graceland University. Deadline is June 3rd. Hmm, interesting. And we'll stop at Methodist University. And for those of you asking about sports, this school toured the Carolina Hurricanes rehab facility for a look into the life of a sports PT. So it looks like Methodist University, not sure where that is, has some connection, or it should be Carolina, I'm guessing, because they went to the Carolina Hurricanes rehab facility um, to that hockey team. I believe it's a hockey team, NHL team. So if that interests you at all, Methodist might be a school you can look into. Then we'll stop there. So that is our PT program and application updates. For those of you who don't know, that next application cycle opens around June 15th, 2024. So please make sure you are already. You're getting the right help. You're talking to our team. You're in our programs. If you don't know where to go, just start at acceptanceguides.com. Get our free guides, and our team will make sure you're taken care of, and they'll make sure you're pointed in the right direction based on what help you need. So that is that segment of the show. Next segment, we are going to go into our Think Like a Physical Therapist segment. So, Joseph, talk to them about what's coming up on February 25th while I get the game show part of the show ready and um, let them know what's coming up. I got you. I got you. So for those of y'all who are interested or planning on applying to physical therapy school and you feel stuck, whether you feel stuck because of a lower GPA or you don't know what to do, you don't know how to stand out, we are hosting a free masterclass to help you learn what our students have done differently to get accepted with a very high acceptance rate. And uh, over the last decade, uh, our students have been getting in with a 92% first time acceptance rate and there's hundreds and hundreds of them. So uh, it's no longer a fluke. Okay. So, uh, so acceptancemasterclass.com is where you can save your seat. It's a free class. It's about 90 minutes long and you're going to learn all the gems. You're going to learn everything that your professor doesn't know to tell you because your professors either have were PTs a long time ago, or they, they're, they're, they're not PTs, or your advisors are certainly not PTs. Uh, and so a lot of what they're giving you is generic advice, and we're not going to do that. that. That's a bunch of fluff. We're going to show you exactly what you need to do to set yourself apart from everybody else. So uh, if you're stuck, you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, you don't know how to set yourself apart from the 4.0 students or other students in general, we got you. Go to acceptancemasterclass.com. Uh, I would just say just have a notebook ready or something you can take notes on because we're, we're about to show you the game. So um, I'll, I'll say that students who have attended this class by the end of it, 
the the most common comment that we get is no one has explained this like sorry no one has explained this to me like this before right no one's explained it to me like this before is what we always see in the comments because there's this light bulb switch where students are like oh that's how you do it that's how you set yourself up so um so if you want to get into pt school badly we got you acceptancemasterclass.com case anything else you want to add to that that's it make sure you're there february 25th that is two sundays from now or yeah, it's like a week and a half from now basically yep so make sure you're there acceptancemasterclass.com link is in the bio go to our website you guys know how the internet works and make sure you're all signed up all right let's get into this part of the show let's test your knowledge for those of you who are on our instagram stories today and you did well or did bad this is a second chance to see what you got here so let's get this started let's get this going TikTok. if you're curious about what's happening go to youtube or go to instagram and you can participate or participate a little bit better in this segment of the show here so let's get this going perfect all right All right. First question. Name this muscle. Pretty easy, pretty simple. TikTok, I'm gonna flip the screen around. You guys got 50 seconds. Instagram, what you guys think? All right, there you guys go, TikTok. Mr. Graham, there's a little delay, but what do you think this muscle is? Come on, y'all. I'm out with the background music. <laughs> Dr. Jasper, I see you. I see you. Listen in, though. Listen in. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Let's see what everybody's saying. I don't see an answer yet. We're just going to go yellow. All right. It was infraspinatus. It was infraspinatus. Next question. What's going on, Will, on TikTok? Good to see you back. Next question. What is the origin of the infraspinatus? What's the origin of the infraspinatus? What do you guys think? YouTube saying thirty seconds left. What answers they given so far? Um, none so far. There's a little delay. We'll see if they get it. Now. Well, they might just be waiting for the answers. <laughs> Speaking of which, how did you use to uh, memorize anatomy when you were? When you were learning your origins and insertions in school, uh, just, drill like a string. just drill it in there, especially the first year. Oh, just over and over reps. Just reps. Just reps. It wasn't until later on that I really got a hang of stuff. All right. So the answer was for the origin, the infraspinatus fossil. 
All right, what is the insertion of the infraspinatus? What do you guys think? Let us know. But then as, as I got further into physical therapy school, especially studying for the board, and I used a lot of other strategies, like the stuff I did for the study code, mm -hmm. like the stories, the rhymes, the songs, the mnemonics, the acronyms, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think for mine was all it was all visual and hands on. Like I would like take skeletons home with me. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll take skeletons home. I don't know how I was allowed to do that, but I legit went like like I took a skeleton one time, and I think I got permission. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I did. But I was just like just practice over and over. Until you all right, it. the insertion is the greater tubercle of the humerus. Yep. Next question. What is the action of the infraspinatus? Is it internal rotation? Is it external rotation? Come on, guys. Is it extension or is it flexion? What do you guys think? Internal rotation, external rotation, extension or flexion? Let us know. Let us know. Reese, thanks for the follow on TikTok. Thanks for the likes on TikTok. I see y'all. TikTok, what do you think? What is the action of the infraspinatus? Internal rotation, external rotation, extension, flexion, or I don't know. Maybe I should make that a an option. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like option five. I don't know. All right, it is external rotation. Yeah. Next question. What is the blood supply? I would have not known this as a physical or as a pre-physical therapist. Or a pre-PT student, whatever we call you guys. What is the blood supply? Suprascapular artery, suprascapular vein, vena cava or vena cava however you pronounce it, or the femoral artery. What do you guys think? Suprascapular artery, suprascapular vein, vena cava, or femoral artery. What is the blood supply of the infraspinatus? I'm showing TikTok all the screens here. Y'all getting a true behind the scenes look. Uh, okay, we got super scapular artery. Answer on TikTok. So let's go with it. You are correct. Gianna, you are correct. Killing it. Question six. What is the innervation of the inf infraspinatus? Is it the... An innervation, for those of you who don't know, is what nerve makes the infraspinatus move? What is the nerve called? That makes the infraspinatus move. Suprascapular nerve, long thoracic nerve, axillary nerve, or the femoral nerve. Let us know your answer.
Superscapular artery. Oh, that was your last. See what they're saying. Running out of time, so I'll answer. Superscapular nerve is the answer. All right. What spinal levels basically supply the infraspinatus with the nerves that go to it? What spinal level? Cervical spinal level one and two. That's what the C stands for, for those of you who don't know. C2 to 3, meaning the second and third vertebrae of your neck. C3 and 4, or C5 and 6. What part of your neck does the suprascapular nerve come out of? As a general answer. It's a little more complicated once you get into PT school. But what level of the neck do you think the suprascapular nerve comes out of? Instagram, what you guys think. TikTok, what you guys think. And YouTube, let us know. Oh shoot, we're running out of time. Let's see. C5 and 6. Kiana is all correct. We got two more left, two questions left. What is the synergist of the infraspinatus? Meaning, what does kind of the same movement as the infraspinatus? Terry's minor, the lats, pecs. Or is the infraspinatus the only one that does the movement? And the movement was external rotation. So what other muscle does, uh, does external rotation or something close to it? Is it the pecs? Is it the lats? Is it the teres minor? Is it the infraspinatus that only does it? Let us know what you think. In TikTok, I'm going to put you on the stand again. So we're going to go into our next segment of the show in just a second. There we go. All right, what you guys think? Red? Oh, that might have been the last answer. Running out of time. Gianna says, Terry's minor. You are correct, Gianna. Last one. What is the antagonist? What does the opposite movement of external rotation? Or what muscle, I should say, what muscle does the most opposite movement of the infraspinatus? And the answers are pecs, the lats, subscap, or the teres minor. What muscle basically does the complete opposite of external rotation? Um, Gianna says subscap. Any other answers? I think we're good. I think we're good. Subscap is correct. We got nine for nine correct. Shout out to Gianna for getting all of those right as well. And let's move on to the next segment of the show. So before we get into this next segment of the show, the title is How Much Do Physical Therapy Schools Cost? So before we dive into this a little bit and I go off a little bit, Joseph, what is your thoughts on the cost of physical therapy school? What's your cost or what's your thoughts on how much it used to cost in the past, how much it's going to cost in the future? What's just your overall thoughts on the cost of physical therapy school so far from what you've seen? In general, it's more expensive. <laughs> so it's a lot of money, right? And uh, you know, obviously it depends on the school. Some schools are 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 
less expensive, like in the you know eighty k range and things like that. Um, however, on average, schools cost has gone up. And if you talk to someone that, like right now, if you go find a physical therapist that graduated from PT school 15 years, 20 years ago, you ask them how much they paid for school and then go look up the program they went to and see the cost difference. And so, um, so, so, so yeah, like on average it's gone up and I mean, schools are a business, so they got to still keep doing what they got to do. Right. Um, the problem we all run into is the fact that the pay as a physical therapist hasn't kept up with that. So that, that's where a lot of the, debt to income problems come in, uh, which um, I'm sure we might hit on that as well tonight. However, in general, school costs has gone up, um, but it's not they're not all expensive. You got some that are way less than $100,000 and you have some that are just under $230,000, right? So it's a pretty big range, um, but on average, they have progressively gone up. So, um, and yes, obviously their private schools are more expensive, but, but on average, yeah, school costs in general has gone up. So, um, what are your thoughts on it, brother? Yeah, let's get into this. I got a lot of thoughts on it, <laughs> a lot of thoughts on it. So let's break this down a little bit and let's do some different scenarios. Let's take some cost of the schools from most expensive, least expensive. Let's talk about the average. Then we'll give some overall thoughts on what these numbers mean for you and what I think about these numbers as well. So according to the PTCAS data from the PTCAS directory, this is where I'm going to get these numbers from. For those on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth, I'm getting these straight from the PTCAS data. So if you have any complaints with these prices or this isn't right or my school is different, hey, don't take it up with me. I am just the messenger. Go to the PTCAS directory and chalk it up with them. All right. So. The cost of physical therapy schools, that is the title in the main event of the show. How much do physical therapy schools cost? And it does range. So the most expensive physical therapy school that I've seen, according to the PTCAS data, is New York Institute of Technology. And total, the total cost is $226,148 in total. And that is just tuition. Let me know in the comments what you think about that. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. TikTok, most expensive school, and this is in-state. Let me clarify that as well. In-state is NYIT, New York University, or New York Institute of Technology, $226,148 for tuition. Let that sink in. We're not going to rush through this. In-state, most ex expensive school in total. Least expensive school, this is in-state. So the in-state least expensive school is Georgia Southern at $35,478. What do you think of that? TikTok says they're uh, shooting for under 70K. I like that. I like that. So the least expensive in-state school, according to the PTCAS data, is Georgia Southern at $35,478 in total for the whole duration of the school. I believe Georgia Southern is around three years. I don't believe it's two years, but somebody could correct me on that if needed. But that is the least expensive in-state school. All right, so again, in-state, most expensive, 226K, least expensive, 35K. Everybody here, everybody with me, all right? Most expensive out-of-state school, New York University or New York Institute of Technology, NYIT, comes in again at $226,000, basically. 
That's for out-of-state tuition. So in-state and out-of-state for NYIT is the same. And out-of-state, the least expensive school is, from what I've seen, is Florida International University at 50K or $50,669. So basically 50K. That's in total. So again, most expensive out-of-state school, NYIT, 226K. Least expensive out-of-state school is 50K. So Will on TikTok, those are two schools just off the bat that are less than 70K. Now let's talk about the average a little bit. According to the, um, the accrediting body that accreditates schools, they have some data out as well. They're saying that the average public school is about $69,000 in total. And public school, not all the time is synonymous with in-state, but it kind of is in-state. That's kind of what they're referring to, to keep it simple. So the average public physical therapy school is about $69,000 in total. And the average private school, and if you're out of state, you're basically paying like private state or private school um, cost or prices. And the average private PT school is $125,000. So again, the average public PT school for three years on average, $69,000. And the average private school, $125,000. Everybody with me? Any questions so far? Instagram, you okay? YouTube, you okay? I see Instagram going. Western Kentucky University is about 70 to 75K. You're at Western Kentucky's program now. Cool. Um, I'm going to PT school in August. Should I start studying? No, you don't need to start. Cool. All right. So we're up to date on the questions. If you have questions or comments so far and you want them answered or want them talked about, we'll get to those in just a second after we finish this segment. So now my thoughts on those prices. Overall, what I need you guys to know is that regardless if you go to the most expensive school, that's 226K, or the least expensive school, that's 35K, is that is your choice. For those of you who are always saying, and I think I just saw a comment, who just blatantly say, oh, PT is not worth it, do something else instead, we need to really think about these numbers. Because is the 226K school worth it for a lot of people? No, it's definitely not. But is the 35K school worth it for a lot more people? Yes, absolutely. So anybody just saying, oh, it's not worth it, you need to question them, just like you're questioning the people who are saying it is worth it or it's not worth it, whatever it is. Because for some people, going to the least expensive school is worth it. If they're going to make 100K on average as a physical therapist for the rest of their career, that's over a 3X return on their investment. How are you going to say physical therapy is not worth it? because you're just talking just to talk, just because you're not happy with your decision. Or you've been, quote unquote, scammed by a more expensive school when you could have went to a less expensive school, but you chose to go to a more expensive one. So overall, it's your choice. You are the customer. Just like you can buy an expensive house or an expensive car, or marry an expensive person or a least expensive person, whatever that is, this is your choice. You need to make a grown up decision on what school you want to pay for. So that's the first part. Next part is if it worth it, 
if it's worth it is totally dependent on if you make it worth it. If you choose to buy a $220,000 physical therapy school, it's up to you to make that investment worth it. You cannot come out of school. You cannot graduate, get a 70K job, then rant and rave and be bitter and regretful for the rest of your life saying physical therapy sucks because you chose to buy that school and not make it worth it. Because at one point, you were so happy to get into physical therapy school. At one point, you couldn't wait to get into school. You couldn't wait for somebody to accept you. Then you get out, you have all this debt, and now you're bashing the PT profession that you chose and that you are so happy about and making everybody else who wants to be a PT like you are scared because of a simple decision that you chose, because of something that you chose to buy. That's basically saying nobody should buy a car because I bought a 300K Rolls Royce and I got a flat tire and now it's gonna cost me $5,000 to fix the tire. So nobody should buy a car. What are you saying? What? Come on, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any dollars for anybody else. You're just scaring other pre-PTs because you're mad about your decision. And we don't want that to be you guys. The people here on TikTok, the people here on YouTube, the people following us, the people listening to this. Why do all of this work? Why put all of this effort in? Why do all this research? Why apply multiple times? To then get out, be a physical therapist like you wanted to, and then hate it. And then ruin everybody else's, you know, decision or possible decision to become a PT because of your own choice when you could have bought a less expensive product. So with the main topic of the show of how much do PT schools cost, it's arranged just like everything else. Just like a house, just like a car, just like some shoes, just like laptops. You have the choice. The only difference and the good thing with PT is that the value is the same. If you buy a 220K school, the value is the same as a 35K school because they all have to give you the same value because of the CAPTI accreditation body. It's not like if you go to a 220K school, you're going to get paid 220K more than if you went to a 35K school. You're going to get paid the same. The value is the same. The board exam is the same. They have to teach you the same stuff. So that's even a better thing to know when you're choosing a physical therapy school. Unlike a car or unlike a house where the value usually is better with an increased price. But physical therapy is not the same. So how much do PT schools cost? Somewhere between 35K and 226K. So anybody ever telling you guys or ranting and being mad and getting all worked up about PT is not worth it, I need you to question them. I need you to come to them with this data, go to the PTCAST data and say, well, how about this school? It's $42,000, is it worth it now? And test them and question them. And I don't wanna say fight back, but have a real conversation with them and then see what they really say and make this grown up decision for yourself and be the customer like you really are. So that's just my little rant. 
And we'll be talking about money all the time. We're not going to stop talking about money. But we just need to make this clear for those of you that there are options out here. And you can choose because it's your life, it's your career, it's your money. So that was the main event of the show. How much do PT schools cost? Between 226K and 35K. Before we move on to the Q&A section, uh, TikTok is blowing up. We almost got 30 people on TikTok. We'll get to your questions in a second. Any uh, last thoughts on this main event? Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think one thing that I want everyone to not miss is just in the comment section, wherever you guys are watching this, can you write these three three words down? Say, I have control. Whether you're watching this on TikTok, Instagram, here on YouTube, just say, I have control, right? And so, so even with understanding this, it's just understanding that you have control over the choice that you have when it comes to schools, right? Um, it's also important to understand that if the $50,000 school doesn't quite match up with where you're at stats-wise or whatnot, you now have, let's say you try to apply to the 50K school and you get rejected, right? Um, but you're a better fit for a 90K school, for example, right? You still have control though, because now you're aware. Now you're saying, cool, well, I have to find other ways to now make it worth the investment. And there's other paths on top of this. This is it's just being aware, right? Because now the other paths are scholarships, which whether you guys feel like scholarships are impossible or not, one of our students did over $181,000 in scholarships, right? It's very possible once you know how, right? There's also the ability to learn how to make more money while in school, right? But at the end of the day, whether it's the schools I select, whether it's the other skills that I learn, it's still within your control. So, so just like Casey said, when it comes to someone telling you that it's not worth the investment, yes, question them. And then ask yourself, am I taking the reins? Or am I just letting things happen to me? Am I just going to apply to the school that is... 180k or $226,000 because that's the school that's closest to me or that's the school that I've been told is the most prestigious or whatnot and then just kind of close my eyes and assume that it's just going to take care of itself. If I do that, that's when I get the shock afterwards that leads to all the frustration that you might see in other people. So, so at the end of the day, just realize you're in control and whatever your situation is, ask yourself, am I selecting my schools better? Cool. Am I also learning other skills that are going to make sure that, man, when it comes to my 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 school debt, it's not a problem. So I can actually live out the career that I dreamed of without having a lot of the hiccups. So um, so it's something to you know think about as well, because um, I don't want you guys to only think of, oh, I apply to the cheap schools and then that's your only play. Right. Like like if you if the cheapest schools are not the best fit for you or because remember, if it's cheaper, more people are going to want to apply there, right? So you also have to realize there are other ways. And the big three are school selection, scholarships, and learning how to make more money. So um, just keep that in mind. But yeah, no, school school cost has a massive range, like Casey said. And it's just important to be aware. Don't, don't be like me. I found out halfway through school how this stuff works. <laughs> y'all are figuring it out now. So I'm um, super proud of y'all. So um, that, that's all I wanted to add, Case. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, let's get into the Q&A section of the show. You can ask us anything on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'll be looking out for comments on all of those platforms. So if you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments. 
wherever you're tuning in from, and we'll get into some questions. So let's start with TikTok, and let's start from the bottom going up. All right, so Blab, you have a couple comments slash questions here. What if those options are out of state, much less likely to get into out of state schools? Is he recommending work in PT school? Um, okay, I'll take the first one, then Joseph, you can take the second comment. So if those options are out of state, much less likely to get into out of state schools. So yeah, of course, but we're talking about the options you have here as a customer. Is it tougher to get into out of state schools? Of course, but that's your choice. If you want to go to an out of state school that costs less, or if you want to make an out of state school cost less for you, you can go and get residency for the in-state school or for that school in-state that you want to go to, get in-state residency and go to less expensive school if you really want to. That is an option for you. You can do that if you want. If you don't want to do it and you can go to an out-of-state school if you want, then that is your choice. On this episode, we're talking about the options people have. Are they going to be more difficult for some people? Yes. Are they going to be perfect for everyone? No. But you have options. You have options. All schools are not 180K. All schools are not 35K. The students here have options. Now, Joseph, um, he's asking, uh, are we recommending working during physical therapy school? What are your thoughts on working in PT school? Uh, first of all, I have no problem with working in physical therapy school. Let's start there, right? I worked in PT school. Casey, I know, worked in PT school. Uh, you know, as long as you can figure out your study flow and whatnot, I have no problem with working in PT school. Now, is it the best way to reduce your school debt? Not necessarily, right? Because your income is still very limited. Uh, and so so there's, oh, we just did a masterclass on this. So I don't know if y'all missed the masterclass we just did this past Sunday. We taught this for like two hours. So uh, maybe the best next step, Casey, is, do, do we have the replay up like on any of our social media pages or no? I can put the link in the comments on YouTube. Okay, so so we'll put the replay link up. So so if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube right now, go to our YouTube channel, find this recording and the replay for the masterclass we just did. It was called the halfway to debt free masterclass. And we focused on making money while in school. And just know that a lot of the things that we're teaching in there that I taught on Sunday um, have led some of our students to make as much as 15 to $23,000 in a month as a student. And yet you're not going to do that working as a PTA while you're in PT school. You're not going to do that working at a grocery store while in PT school or whatever other jobs that I might have. So 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 the skills that I have to have or the 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 things that I do for money just have to shift a little bit. And it's not impossible. Trust me. Like once you hear it, you're like, oh, like, why hasn't anyone taught it like this to me before? Uh, and so it's just changing how you make money. Uh, it's just different. It's just different. So the, the class that we just did is going to be the best answer that will break it down for you. And I will say that link that Casey's putting inside of the, the YouTube comments, that link will expire on Friday night. So this Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time is when the replay is going to be available to. After that, it'll be gone. Okay. So, so if you want to learn how to really learn the money-making game beyond just having a job, which yes, I'm cool with you having a job. It's just that you get paid $15 an hour, $17 an hour, three, four, five hours a week while in PT school really won't do a whole lot. So, uh, so you got to change the game entirely. So um, go to that link halfway to debt free masterclass replay case. You just put it in the comment section on YouTube uh, and go watch it tonight, tomorrow. If you got questions, just DM us on 
any of our social media platforms and we got you. But uh, but that's where the game will change for you. And, um, and and it's what led us to generate the kind of money that we have today, which is in the top one percent of physical therapists. So um, that's my answer. Case, anything else? No, that was great. That was perfect. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I, I'll DM me blab. If you want the link, DM me and I can put it, I can DM you the link, but it's kind of tough for me to, it'll be a lot for me to get the link while I'm live streaming on TikTok to my phone. It's a lot, but DM me or go on YouTube or ask us for it. And we got you. We'll make sure you get the link. Um, is there such a thing as animal physical therapy? If so, how do you get into it? Yes, there is. Of course. You get into it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what animals you're talking about, but the easiest one is canine physical therapy that I can think of. If you type in canine physical therapy, the letter K or the number nine, you can find canine physical therapists. You do need certifications. There are two certifications. I believe I have a YouTube video on it or maybe a TikTok on it, but yeah, you can do it. Do you have any more details on that, Joseph? No, no, no. Everything you said is everything that I would have said. You probably said it even with more detail than I would have. But, but yeah, canine PT is the most common one. And um, the, who's 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 the best canine PT person that we know? Francisco. Francisco Maya. Okay. So, yep. Look up canine PT. But yeah, no, it's but but you would still go through the same physical therapy schooling. So it's not something you're going to have to do while in PT school. And then, like Casey was saying, the, the certifications afterwards are what would now make you a specialist with whether it's dogs or obviously animals in general. So great question. Is PT school hard? That was the next question on TikTok. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a doctorate level program. It is hard. And um, I don't think, I don't think anyone expects it to be easy. I mean, just ask yourself if you hear that there's a competitive profession to get into, it's a doctorate level graduate program. Do you expect it to be easy? Right. Um, the way it was taught to us is high school is like drinking out of a straw. <laughs> uh, undergrad college is like drinking out of a hose and physical therapy school is like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Right. So it's the pace is so much faster uh, and that's what makes it much harder. So so if you think it's going to be like high school or college, you've got something else coming for you. Right. So the biggest question to ask yourself is, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible, right? It's just asking yourself, do I have the right learning strategies, study strategies to, to to do well, right? And what have other students done differently? And then the an even more important question to ask yourself is, do I actually want to be a PT, right? Because if you actually don't want this, then it might not be worth it to go through what PT school is like, right? But if you're like, nah, this is what I want to do with my life, then then yeah, you're going to be like, all right, cool. Like, like, I mean, there's nothing ever worth having in life that's ever been easy. So why should this be the same? But it's not impossible at all. It's not impossible by any means. Uh, but I'd be lying to you. I said it was easy. Case, anything else to add? I agree. I agree. It's not easy at all. It's not easy. But so what? Nothing in life is easy worth having or whatever the saying says. So don't be scared just because it's not easy. Whatever profession or whatever thing you plan to go into is not going to be easy either. So you'll be just fine. You'll be fine. Is it true that exercise science is the easiest major on average? What do you think? It's one of them. <laughs> it's one of the easiest ones. Casey, what are like the top four? Because I was, you and I were just talking about this, I think it was yesterday. It's like, I mean, uh, general studies, exercise science, 
What were like two or three other ones beyond that? Um, so kinesiology, exercise science, general studies, communications, then any ones other than that are going to be school dependent. So if your school gives you a basket weaving major or a frisbee golf major, technically you can take that as long as you complete the prerequisite requirements. There is no rule saying you cannot be a frisbee golf major. Is it the easiest or sorry, is it the best decision? Probably not. But is it the easiest at your school? It might be. So, yeah. That's that's our answer. To good that. question. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at physics in high school. Is it bad to be an exercise science major when you get to college? No, it's not bad. The so I would invite you to change or to to shift the way you're asking that question a little bit. And so there are certain classes that most of us have struggled with, right? So for me, it was chemistry and physics. Right. So 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 physics, you're going to have to take either way, by the way, like period. Like it's just one of those classes. It's just it, it's a prerequisite. It's required. It is what it is. The, the question that I would ask if I was in your shoes is with the classes that I'm nervous about, how can I learn how to study better? How can I learn how to retain information better? How can I work on my, uh, you know, the, the strategies that I use? Because the, the mistake, and I see this all the time because I have strategy calls with students and whatnot. And Casey, I'm sure you've seen this as well. A lot of us just have strategies that are basically based on memorization and that's it, right? And so, and for for for, for, for certain courses, it just doesn't work. It doesn't translate over. So, so we have to figure out what learning strategies work for me to be able to deal with this class. And also, I, I don't want to get into this too much, but also what's my process before, during, before a lecture, during a lecture and after a lecture, right? So it's, it's just, it's just changing the way you learn and the way you study. And part of that might mean finding someone that's good at teaching you that, whether that's us or somebody else. Um, however, the hardest class that you have, especially prereqs, you're going to have to do them anyway. It doesn't matter if you're doing basket weaving or, or, or exercise science, right? But it's just saying, I'm struggling with this. How can I use this as an opportunity to refine my study strategies so that by the time I get into grad school, aka PT school, I'm not intimidated by the classes that I'll have there. So those are my thoughts on that. Casey, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, what would you recommend for international students applying to PT school, interns, admissions, paying for school, basically international student advice? So the first thing you need to keep in mind with international, if you're an international student applying to a school in the U.S. is you need to make sure that the classes you have taken, wherever you're from or wherever you're coming from, are the equivalent classes of what college students take in the United States. That's the first step. We're not gonna go past that at all until you understand the first step because you could take 15 classes in the country you're in, come to the US and they say, nope, sorry, those classes don't matter. Take them over or go back or go to another country or you gotta take these or pay for that, which you don't want. So first, especially if you're applying to a physical therapy school here, call them up, email them, video conference them, whatever you need to do, and ask them, hey, or send them whatever you need and say, hey, here are the classes I took. Will these count? Are these acceptable? Is my bachelor's degree, is my whatever degree from whatever country acceptable to apply to your physical therapy school? That is the first piece of information you need to know, because if not, 
then you need to get it. That's the first thing. After that, then you can go into all the details of the other requirements and stuff like that. So you did undergrad in the States. You're going to have to, yeah, give me some more context to that. So if you did, well, you might not need to give me more context. If you did undergrad in the States, but you're not a U.S. citizen, then your next step would be to look on PTCAS or call the school up or email them and ask, do they accept non-U.S. citizens? Or are non-U.S. citizens able to apply to their physical therapy school? Or what rules do they have for non-U.S. citizens, if that is your case? So if you did your undergrad in the States, that would be your next step if you're not a U.S. citizen. So I hope that helps. If you have more questions, DM us somewhere. Um, if I can't answer it, I'll point you in the right direction. Is a 3.0 through college good enough to get into PT school? What do you think, Joseph? It's a good question. Uh, you know, I think the answer you probably want to hear is, yes, it's good enough. Go with it. <laughs> uh, the answer is a little different, though. So the, the first thing is, it's a which GPA is it? Is it my cumulative or my prerequisite GPA? Uh, and then where am I applying, right? Um, so a good rule of thumb as a student to ask yourself is, if I'm applying to schools where that makes sense, like for example, Casey's shared his story. Casey had a 3.4 the first time he applied to schools and got rejected, right? Um, however, we've had students that have had below a 3.0 and got rejected and got accepted after certain strategies, right? Um, the the mistake in me saying that and not giving you context is you could hear that and be like, oh yeah, students had lower grades than me, I'll just coast and it's good enough. And you might be in for a rude awakening <laughs> depending on where you're applying. So so, so number one, if it's my prerequisite into 3.0, get it up. I'm just gonna tell you right now because the prereq GPA can change a lot, right? Think about it. Like if you have a handful of classes, like let's say you got nine classes that are prerequisites, right? And you got three C's in there and that's why you got a 3.0. You turn those three C's into an A, that drastically changes the game for you. We had a student who had a 2.7 the first time she applied for her prereq, got rejected. Second time she applied, she had a 3.7. And we did a class recently. We were talking about like grades and all that stuff, right? Um, and so, and is my grade going up or is it going down? So there's more context to it. Um, I don't want you to think about it as, is it good enough? Because if I ask, is it good enough? Then that's a very blanketed statement that could get you caught, right? Or get you uh, get you in a trap. Um, the, 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 the answer is you want to maximize what you can. So if it's a 3.0 for the prereq, let's get that thing up and let's strategize for it. If you can get it up, even as a cumulative GPA, depending on where you're at in your journey, get it up. I think Casey, the second time he applied, he had a 3.7 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, 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 so I, yeah. And then let's pick schools that give you a better chance of getting in. So, um, so the, the answer I want to say is it's not good enough. However, I know there's a lot of context behind that. So I just want you to be mindful of why you're asking it. I think that's probably the best advice I can give you. Be mindful of why you're asking. Are you asking that question so that you can hear, it's good enough, I can coast, yay. Uh, and, and, and then you get negatively surprised later, right? Um, or are you asking it to see if it's possible? Yeah, I mean, students have gotten in with three O's, right? Um, however, the strategies behind it were different. And by the time they applied, they had leveraged everything they could. 
in order to get to that position. So, um, Casey, what are your thoughts on that question? Because it's, it, it's I've realized over the years it's a bit more complex than what students think it is. Um, so technically it's over the minimum. Is it good enough? It depends on the school you're applying to because University, University of Miami's um, average prerequisite GPA is a 3.72. And I just know that because the other day on TikTok Live, we went over this. So is it good enough for University of Miami? It's you're cutting it close. I don't I don't know. But is it technically over the minimum? Yes. So it just depends on what your definition of good enough is for us. We would have you change some stuff, retake classes, improve your GPA to give you a more confident answer and say, oh, now you have a 3.57. We feel much better and more confident with you getting in with that, applying to University of Miami, for example, than just saying, oh, you have over a 3.0, you're over the minimum. Is it good enough? Technically, yes, but that's not the best advice to give you. And that would not be in good faith. That would not be ethical on our parts to say, yeah, just do it. Then you get rejected. Then you blame us on Reddit and say we're a scam. Absolutely not. No, no, do not do that. So that's the answer to your question. Hope that helps. If you have more questions, just like this man said, blame us on Reddit. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see. Let me go up. Let me make sure. I such a good answer, man. Such a good answer. Just graduated with a degree in bio. Went to go to PTA school. Would I graduate faster? I just graduated with a degree in biology and want to go to PTA school, would I graduate faster? Okay, I understand. No, you will not graduate faster if you have a bi if you have a bachelor's degree going to PTA school. If I'm understanding your question right, Sophia, you have to go to PTA school regardless. I don't care if you have a doctorate in space engineering in the ocean. You're going to PTA school. I don't care if you're a neurosurgeon and you want to be a PTA. You are going to PTA school. There's no shortcuts. There's no backdoor. There's no special tests. Same thing with physical therapy school. So I hope that answers your question as well. Next question for you, Joseph. Do you think if reimbursement rates continue to trend down, will physical therapy still be worth it? What's your thoughts? There's a change happening. Um, and the so something, oh man, y'all y'all really want me to go here? Okay, let's get it. So, so, so a change is going to have to happen at some point, right? And so we're going to have to make a decision as to whether physical therapy should just disappear altogether. And if it does, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, we can all sit here and say, uh, you know, yeah, the world wouldn't be able to survive without PT. Let me be real, real with you. There's other professions that will fill in the gaps. So, so let's not, let, 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 let's, let's not be, you know, too in our heads about that. So the, the biggest question in regards to reimbursement rates going down is a lot of physical therapists are going to make a very important decision. How am I going to serve people without the middleman, aka insurance, being involved? Right. Um, and so so this is where you're seeing a lot of people go into cash physical therapy. Right. Uh, because in cash PT, it's just like literally patient and you. And that's it. Right now, for a lot of PTs, it requires them to learn a different skill, and that's learning how to create more value for what they do. Right. Uh, and if you can learn how to do that properly, then you'll be very successful. So do I think PT is going to have to morph that way? I just know that a lot of physical therapists are already getting frustrated with it. So they're already making that decision by default. Um, and, 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 and basically taking out the insurance company because insurance is a business and they're not going to 
the reimbursement rates aren't going to go back up. Right. And so so at some point, it's just not going to be profitable enough. And that's why, like, without getting too detailed, that's why you might hear of physical therapists that are treating five patients an hour or things like that. It's because for it to make sense for the business, they literally have to have the PT see more people because they're getting reimbursed less per visit. Right. So for it to make sense, for them to be able to pay the PT, for them to be able to keep things running and for the business to be profitable, you literally have to be overworked and underpaid. And so it's just a matter of who gets frustrated enough to say, you know what, I want to learn a different skill set, a.k.a. something like cash physical therapy. And I have a lot of cash PT friends, Casey does as well, who are uh, doing amazing. And so uh, either that or changing the way you treat patients within insurance. So a lot of people think it's just about PT, but there's a lot of things that you can do to help people before they're a patient, like prior to their injury. There's things you can do after their injury, right? So if you morph the way you do it. So like for, for me, the, the company I've worked for when I was still treating full time, it was insurance based, right? However, we were taking care of people even before and after they were done. We had programs we had built to help them stay strong after they had rehabbed and the business was still making a lot of money that way. And so um, so it's just changing things and not sticking to the tra traditional way of treating as physical therapists. So, but the people that choose not to morph with that, yeah, it's only a matter of time. That's my thoughts. Case, what about you? Oh, I think you're still muted. There we go. Uh, no, that was great. That was perfect. That was perfect. What are your thoughts on being a PTA? I think being a PTA is great. <laughs> so, 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 so a big part of it is just making a decision as to how you want to practice or live out your career, right? Um, the the biggest difference between between a PT and a PTA is honestly, for keeping it real, real simple, it's the initial evaluation and certain reassessments depending on the state right so you're you think of it like football right we, we just watched the super bowl whether y'all are taylor swift fans or football fans or neither right and so so in football you have a head coach you have assistant coaches uh you know and so on and so forth so think of the head coach being like the physical therapist think of assistant coaches being like the, the pta but they're very critical and part of the team and they're doing a lot of treatments and very involved in the progression of the patients and so um it's a very respectable career right and so a big part of it is just asking yourself which of those makes most sense for me if you are a decision maker like you're like i like to be the one to create the game plan the decision then you may be more inclined to be a physical therapist right if you're like i don't really care for that and i just love treating patients and i don't want to have to spend as much for school and i want to start working quicker then being a pta may also be exactly what you want just expose yourself to it however i think both are very uh, very cool careers. Um, I'm, I'm never going to tell you that a PTA is in, in any way less because every physical therapy assistant I've ever worked with has been brilliant and I've learned a crap ton from them. So um, those are my thoughts, Case. No, that was perfect as well. Another question on that same note is what's the difference between PT school and PTA school? Length of time. Right. So length of time and uh, to get into PTA school, it's an associates to get into PT school. You have to have a bachelor's technically. Um, and uh, what you're learning in physical therapy school that's different is um, the stuff that is more aligned with the evaluation process. Right. So but in terms of treatments, 
you'll know like the body, all the different stuff, you'll, you'll basically learn the same stuff. So like students that we have that have been physical therapy assistants first, and then they go into PT school afterwards, they're already prepped for like 80% of what they're learning in PT school. Uh, it's just that now it's like the assessment portion of it and the decision-making process that is different. Um, and I would say those are the biggest differences and PT school on average is just more expensive. So uh, Case, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, you, you got that one as well. I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything. There's a lot going on here. Um, if you take psychology as a major, is there still a chance of becoming a physical therapist? If you take any major, as long as you finish your prerequisites, there is a chance for you to be a physical therapist. So the answer is yes. Is there anything I can do in high school to help in the long run with being a PT? Just confirm your decision. Exposure. Exposure. So so um, whatever you can do now, will that count towards your like shadowing hours and stuff? No, but it'll help you confirm your decision. Right. So you're not going back and forth in college. So um, so be in as many settings as you can be. Ask yourself what type of setting would I want to be in? If it's sports, how can I be a part of a, you know, like how can I have that experience if it's available to me? If it's an outpatient clinic, how can I volunteer? Um, I would just expose yourself to the profession um, just so you can make sure. That's probably the best use of your high school journey. Um, and that's what I did. So that by the time I started my freshman year, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what I want. Let's go get it. So um, th those are my thoughts. Case, what about you? Um, no, you got that as well. You got that as well. Um, another kind of conversation slash question is... Uh, someone's thinking about nursing, but kind of rethinking it um, to go into PTA. What are your thoughts on that? What should they look out for? What should they think about? Should they stay with nursing? Should they transfer to being a physical therapist assistant? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's just being honest with yourself as to why, right? Like, because, because I, you know, I can go down a few different rabbit holes. Uh, however, why do I want to be a PTA, right? And, um, and then, you know, just pros and cons is probably the best way to do it and exposure right so so one of my good friends actually starting out um she she's currently a pelvic health physical therapist in case you know who i'm talking about um and she was in my pt class she started undergrad as a nursing student or like pre-nursing right uh and then um after a bit she was like i actually kind of like the pt stuff better right uh and so the the questions she had to ask herself was was why do I want to make the shift? Because it's a big move, right? So you're not just going to make it just because you saw somebody else say that physical therapy was cool. You're going to want to know for yourself why. Like, what is it about? It, like, what's the lifestyle difference? What's the like? What settings? Like, 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 be persuaded. Because if you're just doing it because uh, oh they get paid a little bit more or they get more vacation, that has nothing to do with the actual profession. It has nothing to do with the actual thing of what you're doing day in and day out. Because um, when it comes to time, I could argue both sides. I could argue nurses get 312s, depending on the the, the where you're working and, the, and, and you get four days to, to hang. Like, I, I could argue that, right? And so so, so just, just be transparent with yourself. Why do I want it? If you don't know, then that might be where you're stuck. But once you know what you want and why, then it'll be very clear. It should be very, very clear. Uh, to where you're like, I actually feel fulfilled in one more than the other. I actually feel like one actually would be more exciting because I loved it. But then it's a, then it's easy to make that decision. So um, that's that's the best answer I can give you without knowing all the details of your journey. Yeah, we had this conversation last night or the light 
the night before on our TikTok or Q&A session, ask me anything. And I had this question a couple of times. I get it a lot. And what I recommend doing is act like you were trying to convince your parents or somebody paying for this on why you wanted to switch or not. So like I need like if you were coming to me, like I, I was doing nursing and I know you're paying for it, Casey, but now I want to switch to PTA. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. You better come to me with a 14 point presentation on the pros and cons of why PTA. Come with me, uh, come to me with a 22 point presentation about why not PTA. Same thing with nursing, same thing, why not nursing? And we're gonna go in detail about all of this so that you have a solid uh, foundational informational reason on why you're switching or staying. But right now you don't have a lot of information. You don't have enough information to give you the best answer to be confident in it. So if you're asking us and we say yes or no, or somebody in the comments says yes or no, or stay with nursing or don't go, you're gonna easily be persuaded like Joseph said, without having a foundation to stand on. And right now you don't have a foundation to stand on. So if we say anything, or if anybody in the comments says anything, you'll be like, well, okay, thank you, but maybe, but I'm still scared, but I'm, no, 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 no. You need more information to make sure your decision is solid for you and you're confident in it. So that's my answer that I gave the other people on TikTok Live as well. So hope that helps. Let's take a couple more questions and we'll call it a night. Um, can athletic trainers become physical therapists later on? What do you think? Yes, happens all the time. All the time. We got we have a ton of students that have been um, ATs first. Uh, the question is, are you currently an athletic trainer that's trying to make a switch or are you using being an athletic trainer as a stepping stone to become a PT? That's the other question, right? Because if I'm using it as a stepping stone to become a PT, the question is, is it the most effective way of doing that? Or is it more of a long, long roundabout way of getting to physical therapy? However, if you're like, no, I generally want to just be an athletic trainer first and then maybe I'll change my mind later then yeah, you can always switch over. Just just be mindful, just be mindful that uh, when you're a non-traditional student, depending on how long you've been out of school, there are classes that might have expired, especially prerequisites. So you may have to retake classes. So just be mindful that the, the further out we are, there's certain things we may have to go back and redo um, if you've taken those classes before. However, the answer is yes, for sure, for sure. Case, anything you would add to that? That was perfect. Easy answer, easy one. Uh, we'll take this as the last one. Thoughts on doing a graduate assistantship during PT school. So basically, you know what that is. You remember what that is. Basically working in school, kind of. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have no problem with it. I, I think it's the same thing with, with, with thoughts about working in school in general. Um, if it's the opportunity you have, cool. It's probably more convenient because it's on campus and you don't have to travel off campus to, you know, work and whatnot. So, so just... Ask yourself why. Um, is it going to give you any kind of advantage? Not really, right? It's just money. But then ask yourself, is this, number one, if I'm doing this for money, is this the best way to get money? That's why, like that link that I, you know, Casey posted on our uh, YouTube comments uh, with the replay for our halfway to debt-free masterclass, that might be a great replay for you to watch before it expires on Friday. So if it's money, 
just ask yourself, is this the best way? And then number two, if it's more for, for, for convenience and I just want to have something else to do, then yeah, it might be a fantastic option. Um, I was a grad assistant for, for, for at least a year at some point for multiple professors and it was cool. It didn't necessarily make me a whole lot of money, but, uh, but it was cool. So I have no problem with it whatsoever. It's just, everything goes back to why, like, why am I doing this? And then use that to make the best decision for yourself. And I think you'll notice that when you ask, why am I doing this in most scenarios, it'll help you now start to really, really clarify why, you know, like what the best move is, as opposed to just doing something blindly because Casey said to do it or because Joseph said to do it. Uh, and so that's that's the best answer I can give you right now with the context of what I of what I know about your situation. Casey, anything you would add to that? No, that was perfect. That was perfect. All right. Thanks for tuning into this pre-PT chat live. As we end, Joseph, what's going on in about a week and a half from now that they should know about? Man, a week and a half from now, if you're trying to get into PT school, you do not want to guess, we're going to teach you the game. And when I say the game, I'm not talking about the stuff that your advisor has taught y'all. I'm not talking about the stuff y'all can find on YouTube or any other platforms. I'm talking about the secrets that our students, and we've worked with tons of students privately over the last decade, the secrets that have helped them get into physical therapy school with a 92% first-time acceptance rate we're teaching you the secrets at acceptancemasterclass.com. So if you want to increase your chances of getting into PT school, you don't want to guess. You want to know how to actually stand out to physical therapy schools. This is the class to be at. I'm telling you, the comments afterwards are always like, yo, nobody has taught it like, like this to me before because no one's ever understood it at that level. And everything we teach you guys is not from a book we read. This is not theory. This is from hundreds and hundreds of clients that we've directly worked with. Uh, and so this is just proven data. And when we say it, it just it just makes sense. Like once you hear it, it's like, well, duh, like why didn't anyone ever <laughs> explain it like that, right? And so, uh, so, so, so if you don't wanna guess, you want to save time, you want to be efficient, you don't wanna apply three, four, five years in a row, because we've had that happen with some of our clients before they worked with us, then go to this class so you can have a really high chance of getting into school on your next try or your first try if you've never applied before. So acceptancemasterclass.com, it's gonna be on February 25th. Uh, that's a Sunday, it'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern time, but you do have to sign up. The, the, the only way you can come in, you, you have to sign up. It's free by the way. So I mean, come on. And uh, I'll tell you this, most of our services are paid and we are not cheap either. So, so this is a class where we're teaching you what cl like clients are paying us thousands of dollars to learn. Like I'm telling you that seriously, like thousands of dollars to learn. We're teaching it to you for free. This is the blueprint. So if you're serious, that's the place to be. Beautiful. All right. So welcome or not welcome. Thank you for <laughs> tuning into this other episode of the Pre-PT Chat Live on how much do physical therapy schools cost. We will see you on the next episode.